Good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord for another day and opportunity to be before you, to 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 hear his voice, to experience another day. This is the day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are so, so excited about being here and we're glad that you, the viewer, are here with us as well. Thank all of the supporters, all of you out here who um, give of your time, your resources, give of all you have to our ministry to co-labor with us, partner with us in serving the Lord and getting the word of God out here. We are so, so excited about it. We are glad you are here again today. And you know, uh, the Bible says in him, we live, we move, we have our being, and there is not much you can do without being in the presence of God. You can do things in the natural. You can do things in the flesh. However, the Bible says that they are discounted. Uh, the, the Bible will tell us that whatever you do for Christ is the only thing that's going to last. So you might be out here today. You might be experiencing certain measure of success, but if it has no eternal value, it will not do anything to benefit you when you stand before the Lord. So again, we're excited about all that is happening right now. Let's get ready to get into the word of God. I'm excited about what I want to share this morning. Some things the spirit of God spoke to me, and I really want to share this with you. And hopefully it will cause you to, uh, to, to, to examine Examine yourself. The Bible says, examine our faith. Let us examine ourselves to see whether we be in the faith. So again, we are so, so excited about the opportunity to bring the word of God. Uh, I've already prayed, so let's get ready to get into the word. Uh, you know, the Bible says that words are very, very powerful and they can be the driving force uh, as to how you navigate life. Are you listening? There are many phrases connected to this concept, such as um, talk is cheap. Your word is your bond. A person is only as good as their word. Uh, just to name a few of those. But you understand research even shows us that on an average, the average man speaks about 7,000 words a day. Yes, that's a lot. But in retrospect, when you look back, it also says that women speak around 20,000. <laughs> Guys, that tells you right there, you're not going to win the argument, <laughs> okay, <laughs> because they triple up on you. So what we're uh, uh, speaking all of those words every day. I want to examine that, you know, the Bible constantly tells us about the power of words. How is this power uh, unlocked? You know, the words that you speak on a daily basis are your imprint in the world. They dictate how people perceive you. Are you listening? And in essence, they define you. So, how do you unlock the power of this word? It's unlocked, whether it's from um, a positive standpoint or a negative standpoint, something triggers the power influx in the words that we speak. 
We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning so you will get an understanding and a working knowledge of not only the words you speak, not only giving you the consciousness of the words you speak. However, we're going to get an opportunity to see what we are triggering in our lives, what we are actually causing to take place in our lives. So how do we activate our words? You know, many of you remember, uh, <laughs> some of you, this is, a, I guess, an ethnic situation. You remember the Jerry Carroll. Well, without taking that, that, that process of the Jerry Carroll a little further, you just got a big afro. Something has to activate the curls. Well, you just got words in the Bible calls them, and Matthew calls them idle. But something has to activate them. What is that? Let's explore this. If you would go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to see just what activates the word of God. What causes the word of God to, to or not even just the word of God. What causes our everyday word to come to pass? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13 says it this way. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Now, that is a very, <clears throat> very important, important part of this. There is, first of all, let's establish something. There is a difference between faith and the spirit of faith. Are you listening to that? Sometimes people think that because they have faith, they have uh, the spirit of faith. That's not so true because you can have faith without having the spirit of faith. Let's just look at this for a minute. Faith is a commodity and it is produced by hearing the word. Anybody that hears the word, faith will come. Not that it will be usable, but it will come and you determine whether it's usable whether you act on it. The Bible says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, we, the Bible says that for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached unto them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the word will come, faith will come. But now it is a commodity. Are you listening to me? That's what faith is, a commodity by hearing the word of God. It is a tool we progressively learn to use to achieve the unthinkable. It is what we choose to, we are able to use this tool and it's a progressive thing. You know, just like you learn to use a pencil, uh, a hammer, a sewing machine, just like you learn to use anything else, you have to learn to use faith. The Bible says by reason of use, are you listening? You have to learn to use it. And if you don't use it often, you will never become good at it. Are you listening? You will never become good at things that you, uh, that you, uh, that you, how do I want to say it? I said this before. You will never become good at anything that you approach it from uh, um, a leisure standpoint. You have to really become diligent in something to become good. 
Now, that's faith, a commodity produced by hearing the word of God. And it is a tool that you can use up and you will progressively learn how to use it to achieve the unthinkable. Faith will always cause you to be able to achieve something that is impossible for you to achieve on your own. Faith is that next level living. That's why God said it just shall live by faith, because he know that it is impossible for you to live at a certain level, whether it's in your marriage, raising your children or in your career. You will never be able to live on a higher level without without the assistance of God's instructions and your obedience to it. Now, let's see what the spirit of faith is, because like I said, it is different. The spirit of faith is a disposition of the mind and the heart. Number one, the disposition of the mind and the heart. And then it says, and, and number two, uh, it allows the believers to interpret, judge, and evaluate reality in light of the word. See, Paul said it this way. He said, I desire to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What he was basically saying is many people who are caught up in the flesh have a tendency to judge all things in the flesh. They judge it by fleshly motives. They judge it by fleshly uh, accolades. They judge it by fleshly uh, uh, experience. However, the difference is when you have a spirit of faith, you have a disposition of the mind and the heart to evaluate, to judge, and to interpret things in light of the word of God. The word of God is always your blueprint. It is always that thing that makes you say, okay, I see it this way, but the word said it like this. See, the scripture says, and this is about people in general, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. So it's basically saying, if you are not one that is prone to be diligent in the word of God, even though you laugh, the Bible says your heart is sorrowful. No one could tell that. Why? Because what things know of a man except the spirit that is within him. You can never interpret the heart of another person, but you can take the word of God and have insight. Are you listening? So it is the ability to interpret, judge, and evaluate the rea reality in the light of the gospel. And now this, I, I love this because this is a part we, we don't talk about that much. It moves and motivates. This is the spirit of faith. It moves and motivates them to contribute, contribute act, actively to the fulfillment of God's plan. It moves people in order for them to contribute actively to God's plan. That's why a lot of people are not involved with God's plan because they don't have the spirit of faith. They get faith when they want to get out of trouble. They get faith when they need a spare tire, but they don't have the spirit of faith, a constant disposition of the mind and the heart to keep them in the faith realm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Keep them uh, always conscious 
like we were talking about uh, the uh, last week about a God consciousness. It keeps them conscious. And even though certain things happen and make them evaluate it based off of the gospel and they'll say, OK, wait a minute. What does the word say about this? Now. Look at this. It enables them to take necessary. Boy, this is good. Listen, it enables them to take necessary risk and act. Have you ever had to take a risk because the gospel was telling you what to do? Without the spirit of faith, you can't do that. It has it has you in a place where you could take the necessary risk and act. Man, I could, you can see it all the way through the Bible, how the patrons of the Bible took risks that it looked like in the natural was crazy. Even when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, why would he wait four days for Lazarus to, 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 to be totally, totally out of this thing before he would show up? Why wouldn't he try to catch him before he was all the way out to try to revive him. When you look at the man that was born of four, with all of these people, the patrons of the Bible, why would they wait? They took necessary risks based off of the gospel. Now, let's continue to look at this. The Bible says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Here is the part that is so necessary for us to learn about activating the power of words. Now I'm going to show you where this is positive and where this is also negative. There is one common denominator that will cause an activation of the words that you speak on a continual basis. One common element. And that element is, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Now, the key to activating the power in our words is believing them before we speak. Now, this might surprise some of you, and it might even make you aware. But most of the people in the church, in the body of Christ, really don't believe the word when they're confessing it. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, this is the scripture. The scripture tells us certain things that happen. Most people don't believe the word of God when they speak it. We speak the word out of memory and we hope that the word comes to pass. We remember what it says. We know God said it. We speak it, hoping that it comes to pass. Listen to me. The Bible says, and seeing what this does, it constitutes the word we speak as really being idle words because belief activates the word. What uh, uh, actions activate manifestation? Are you listening? But belief. We don't believe it. Number one, we haven't taken the time in order to be persuaded. So therefore we say it because this is protocol. This is what the Bible says. This is what it tells us to do. But most people, I guarantee you, when we speak the word, because we don't have 
a high enough success rate in the word of God and in our prayer life to 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 um to to show or prove that we actually believe what we're saying. Now, I mean, the Bible says in Matthew 12 and uh, verse 36 and verse 37, the Bible tells us, let every man give an account of every idle word he speak in the day of judgment. The day of judgment is not the day that God is sitting on the white throne judgment in Revelation. He got everybody lined up, saints and sinners alike. He has a big sledgehammer in his hand. The old people say sledgehammer and waiting on you to come up, tell you that you was a jerk and you did bad things in life, hit you in the head, toss you in the fire. That's not the day of judgment. The day of judgment is the day that the enemy brings something in your life and you have to either be justified by the word or because you don't believe it, be condemned because your heart is not in it. See, believing comes from the heart. That's why the, that scripture 37 says, for by thy words thou art justified and by thy words thou art condemned. See, the Bible says if thy heart condemn you, God is greater than your heart. But if your heart condemn you not, then have we confidence toward God. See, people don't have confidence toward God because their heart condemned them. They are standing and they are saying things that they really don't believe. And so therefore they don't have confidence. It's still a hit or miss. It's still, well, maybe so. You know, if it be the Lord's will, the Lord's will is in his word. It's easy to know what the Lord's will is. It's in his word. Are you listening? So therefore the Bible says in Mark, 11, 23. Listen to this because we are bringing together the common denominator and the similarities as to what activates the word. Mark eleven twenty three says, if you shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but believe whatsoever things you say it shall come to pass, you shall have what you say. Why is it that we don't have what we say? Truth of the matter is, is we do. <laughs> we have exactly what we say. Why? Because we have activated the word in a negative and we believe what we're saying. When you say you don't believe that this is going to happen for you, you believe that. When you say that, th that you won't be uh, one that will ever get over the proverbial hump, you believe that. When you say, I'm, a, I'm about to take cold, I'm about to get sick. I'm about to, you believe that. Subconsciously, you believe that. And if you look at your life, it is filled with the manifestations of what you believe. Are you listening? Now, the, to show you this, see, you got to be persuaded that what you're saying, listen, let's make this thing personal. You have to be persuaded that what you are saying is real in your life. We say, keep it real. Is it real in your life? See, it's easy to believe that because somebody else said it, because you know somebody else that got this. But when it comes to you, do you believe it's real in your life? You might say, I know I'm in touch. See, this is the difference between knowing something and believing something. Everybody know that there is a God, but everybody don't believe. Are you listening? You know God said that you should be healed. 
but you don't really believe that. You know God said that you should be living abundantly, but you don't really believe that. You know God said that you should have a great life and a great marriage life, but you really don't believe that. You know God said that you should be successful in your life, but you don't believe it. See, that's where we have accepted that counterfeit because we know it, we think it's automatic. But no, it doesn't. Listen, let me give you the very classic example of believing. Listen to me. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Manifestation, guaranteed. Verse 10, for with the heart, number one, man believeth unto a change unto right standing with God and with the mouth confession is made unto deliverance. He first believed it. See, when you first heard the word of God and when Jesus was, was wooing your heart, it didn't happen right away. You had to be persuaded. You had to go to the school of hard knocks. You had to see a whole lot of things happen in your life that was undesirable before you were finally convinced God is the way. Are you listening? And you, that's why, listen to me, St. John chapter 9, 31 says that we know God here is not a sinner. But if any man be a worshiper of him and doeth his will, him he heareth. Now, let's look at the reason why. People say this all the time. I prayed, you know, the Bible says God here is not a sinner. Listen, I prayed before I got saved too. But God didn't hear me. God acted on somebody else's prayer who could connect with him. I thought it was mine. Because it was the same thing I was praying, but it wasn't my prayers. God heareth not a sinner. Okay, well then how can you get saved, Bishop? Easy, I just gave you the scripture. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. God is a faith God. You had already believed in your heart before you confessed it with your mouth. Before you said, Lord, come into my life. You had already believed unto righteousness. You was no longer a sinner. Well, we all sinners saved by grace, are we? Are you a sinner or are you saved by grace? See, we didn't say all people uh, didn't sin, but we said, are you a sinner? Are you still classified as a sinner? The Bible says he that is born of God sinneth not. What it means is not that you don't sin, but it means that you don't practice sin. See, we got to get to the place where we understand what the scriptures are saying. So believing is paramount. To manifestation. Well, actions is paramount to manifestation, but believing is paramount to activating the word of God, causing the word of God to become fruitful. You must believe. Now, let's just continue to look at this. Um, that was a classic example right there. Uh, so let me ask you this. Why is Proverbs 18 and 21 so significant? The Bible says it this way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and he that loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whosoever loved the tongue, whosoever loved talking, will eat the fruit thereof. Why is that? Why is it that if you love talking a lot, 
you will eat the fruit of what you're saying. I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says, Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Nothing slips out of your heart. It comes out from an abundance. Whatever, I say this all the time. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Some of y'all already know where I'm going. But when Christians cuss, it didn't slip. It came out of the abundance of your heart. So thy cuss runneth over. Are you listening? That's what happens. You ever notice when you was in the club back in the day, you wasn't, you know, getting your groove on and you slipping and start witnessing to somebody talking about, you know, the Bible says, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Same, I'll break it down right here. Oh, and all things were made by him. You know, you didn't slip and do that because it was not in you. So when you slip and cuss, that's because you are filling up on it. Okay, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. Now let's continue to move on. Out of the bunch of your heart, what you believe you will say. That's why when you get angry, hey, I, you know, I'm sorry for what I said the other day. You're sorry that it came out, but you believe that all along. <laughs> Are you listening? That's why husbands and wives be careful. When you start getting into controversy and confrontation with one another, be careful. Walk away. <laughs> Drop your tongue and walk away. <laughs> Move away from your tongue. Because if you stay there long enough, you know, husband and wives have the ability to say things that no one else can say, to reach you in places no one else can reach you. And apologizing later is, is not going to do it. You know, we got we apologize too much in the body of Christ anyway without repenting. That's why we still keep doing what we're doing, because we just apologize. I apologize. It was inconvenient. I apologize that it happened to come out. I apologize now, you know, <laughs> but but I don't repent. Why? Because I'm still headed in the same direction. That was for somebody right there. Well, praise the Lord. So you will say what you believe. Believing is essential to activating the word of God. If you believe right now that you'll be broke all your life, stop. Check yourself out now. You broke now. If you believe that your marriage is never going to work, stop. Hold it. Your marriage jacked up right now. See, you will say what you believe. Now, let's just go here uh, to Proverbs chapter 13. And I want to read this out of the uh, NIV version because it gives uh, a little more. Well, it gives great insight. Proverbs chapter 13. And verse 3 says it this way from the NIV. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. <laughs> Did you get that? You must take the time to believe before you attempt to change your life. See, the Bible says that Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform it. So the Bible says, in essence, he staggered not at the promises of God, but he gave glory to God because he knew and he was fully persuaded that what God said 
that he could also perform it. You must be fully persuaded. Paul said it this way. He said, I know in whom I believe and I am persuaded he is able to keep that that I committed unto him against that day. You have to become persuaded. So I said this before. You didn't get saved the first time you heard the word of God. You had to be persuaded. And right now, what is it you believe in God for? What is it that you need in your life? What is, is it that you feel deficient of? You you are do you are uh, com, uh, excuse me confessing this stuff out of habit. You don't believe it yet. You're not persuaded. You must become fully persuaded. Repetition is the mother of better learning. You have to continue to hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God, before you are able to change that nature and that mindset that you have or have had, you must continue to hear it enough for it, for you to be persuaded. There was, uh, said things to people and or you saw people and you mentioned certain things to them and it just seemed like they just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. It's because they haven't heard it enough in order to be persuaded. So it's like water off a duck's back. It can't be absorbed. And you get frustrated because it's almost like, how in the world can you not see this? But they can't. They can't. And you can't get mad because they can't see it because you can't give someone a revelation. You can speak it. But the Bible says one sow, the other water, but it is God who giveth the increase. It is God to make that word swell up on the inside of you. It is God to cause it to increase. Now, I said to the church, I said, guys, let's continue. God gave us a word. Let's pray for increase. Let's pray for increase. Well, you heard it. Faith came. You prayed for increase. Two days. You got to pick it back up. So it becomes part of your life. So when it becomes a habit, you will increase in your personal life. Why? Because it's in you now. That's another story. Let's move right along. Let's go to uh, James chapter two. What is the common denominator with activating the word of God? Say it with me. Believing. I know some of you said something else. <laughs> some, some of you said something else. That's right, Bishop. It is speaking the word. <laughs> that's not what I said. That's why, that's what I'm talking about. You have to keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. Praise God. James chapter two. Now let's read the scripture. James chapter two and verse 20. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Faith, faith without corresponding actions is dead. Now, let's continue to look at this. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? altar excuse me. Now, he, he sacrificed. Why did he sacrifice? God spoke it to him. But why? He wanted a son for years, and God didn't count Ishmael. 
Ishmael was about 13 years old, but God didn't count that because that was done in the flesh. Neither does he count what we do in the flesh. But he wanted a son. But then God said, go and sacrifice the son. Listen to what he did. The Bible says in verse 22, Seest thou, O, uh, how faith wrought with his works, and by works was his faith made perfect, or his faith was matured because of his works. But why did he have works? Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. So that's why he did something. See, we talk, talk is cheap. We talk and we talk. We say the right thing. We know what to say. We can put the scriptures together like a puzzle. But the reason why we're not seeing the picture is we don't believe it. That's why Abraham sacrificed his son or went to sacrifice his son because Abraham believed God. The Bible says, and it was imputed unto him or he got credit <laughs> for righteousness. Remember, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved, for with the heart man believe it unto righteousness. For with the heart man believe it unto righteousness. With the heart man believe it unto righteousness. Look, your heart, if you want to see something different in your life, if you want to see greater manifestation in your life, your heart has to believe unto righteousness before you ever do what God told you to do. That's why we got so many people who know what God says, but they still don't see nothing. Okay, for you, we, we got a lot of educators. You still, you still don't see anything. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. <laughs> I don't care how you say it. It comes out to nothing. Why? Because we know, and it's a counterfeit. Knowledge, the Bible says, puffs up. We know, but we don't believe it. If we believed it, we would be doing it. But we don't do it because we don't think we have to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, God. And the scripture was fulfilled. It says, Abraham believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Man, when you want to be called the friend of God, you know what God said? He said, I'll do nothing itself. I reveal it to my friend. Jesus said, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. And you are my friend if you do whatsoever I command you. You are, you are my friend. And he said, I call you not a servant or a slave. I call you a friend. How many of you, Jesus is your friend? You can sing that. What a friend we have in Jesus. But is he your friend? <laughs> you already know he's your, that he's a friend, but is he your friend? <laughs> oh man, praise the Lord. It was imputed unto him. He got credit for righteousness. Isn't that where you want to be? Want to get credit for righteousness? Let me finish this thing right now. You're saying, no, 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 no. Do what I've already said so far. <laughs> Just do that. Listen, you will have, if you ask the question, Bishop, how do I know if I really believe? I want to know. 
I want a, the litmus test as to if I really believe. What will show me if I really believe? Well, you will have corresponding actions. Does what you say and what you do match? Does what you say and what you do match? Or are you one that say all the right things and do none of them? <laughs> are, you, uh, are you listening? That's one way to know if you believe what you say and what you do. See, it doesn't matter if you try to do it, you know, in practice. It doesn't matter if you got all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed. Your, your thirst is quenching, your belly is full. It's easy to do the word of God. But when that thing, man, rises up and starts fighting and pushing and bullying your flesh, will you do it then? That will show you what you really believe. Will you do it then? When somebody's agitating you, can you walk in love then? You can walk in love when everybody speak well of you, when everybody lift you up and uh, blessed be thy name. It's easy to do it. But when you are put on the spot and everybody, all your in-laws and outlaws, all your friends and foes, everyone is just coming against you. Can you walk in love? Can you look at the Lord and say, I am your son. I am your daughter. And this is what you will want me to do. And I'm going to please you at all costs. Can you do it then? That's when it counts. It don't count when you're in practice. You can hit a half-court shot in practice. There ain't no glory to that. But when the game is on the line and all the jitters and all of the people and you hear sports center, da-na-na, da-na-na, you hear all that in your head, can you perform under pressure? That's when it counts. <laughs> That's when it counts. When you feel like your best friend betrayed you, when you feel like, man, that you've been done wrong, when you feel like, is can you do it then? That's what lets you know what's in you. When you want to sit down, watch your favorite movie, and somebody wants you to do something that's out of your scope of comfortability, can you get up then? Or will you start looking for loopholes and peepholes and all of this not to do the will of God? Will you start justifying your flesh? Listen to this. If your, if your, if your actions and your words don't match, if not, you will find yourself saying what you hope, but doing what you believe. You will say what you hope to happen but you would do what you believe. Lord, I sure hope, I sure hope that you come to come to Jesus. <laughs> but shoot, I'm going over here. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down, I'm tired. <laughs> See, you'll say what you hope, but you would do what you believe. Now let's close this. Go to St. John chapter six. Very familiar scripture. What is the common denominator to activate your words? Say it with me. Belief, man, you some of you still got it wrong, <laughs> but that's all right. We're working with you, <laughs> you're gonna be all right before it's all said and done. Believing now, believing in faith is not the same thing, so we won't even get into all of that. Faith is acknowledges what is true, it acknowledges what is true. <laughs> Are you listening? Uh, 
believing acknowledges what is true. Faith does what it believes, what it acknowledges. Let me go ahead and finish this right quick. The Bible says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, I like this. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. Do you realize that sometimes the words that you speak is of no fleshly benefit? You need to stop defending your flesh at the expense of your witness. The spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profits nothing. You need to stop defending your flesh at the expense of your witness. Sometimes we don't care what people think about us spiritually as long as we can be justified in the flesh. We don't care whether we lose our witness. We don't care whether folks lose confidence in us. We don't care whether, you know, that 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 what we're putting out there on the table just is not beneficial to being called a witness of God. Our light, we don't care if the bulb is blinking. It's about to go out. We don't care the salt if, if, if it's a filler. We don't care if we don't have no more influence as long as we can justify our flesh. It is the spirit that is made alive the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, I want to show you something that we never read when we read that scripture. Look at verse 64. But there are some of you that believe not. There are some of you listening to me that believe not. This is the point I'm trying to get to you. Let's stop. Let's stop just being excited about knowing. But believing will move you out of the chair. Believing will move you out of that old space. Believing you will not have you circling around going back to the life you once knew. That's what a lot of people do. They start out in Lodabar. God will bless them. And then somewhere along that blessed life, they will take a U-turn and circle back now because I got more tools to live more successful life as a sinner. Because God has blessed me and go back to that old life again. But that's what they believe. I came to God because I needed to, I needed to get some supplies. <laughs> Aren't you listening? I needed to get some stuff. Now I can go live more successful as a sinner. Let me tell you something. The brook will dry up. And you will be caught out there and have to start all over again. You don't want that either. Jesus said, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not. Don't, do you think that God don't know already who does not believe him? Yes, he does. He knew from the beginning. But he's giving you opportunity. He's giving you a chance. You know, I, I heard something on uh, this uh, DMX. Uh, the last video he made before he died. And actually he was preaching. And he was really, really compassionate about what he was saying. He said, your whole will is to live, to coincide with God's will. He said, let's just stop doing all of this other stuff because you're not going to change the will of God. God's will is going to be what he said. That's what he said. God's will is going to be what he said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But hey, he was right though He was right 
he was right. God's will is going to be what it said. You cannot alter the will of God only for your life. Let's close this. He said, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and should betray him. Betraying him, you know, a lot of times betraying him is simply when you say one thing, you carry his name in vain. Not that you were cursing, but your life was. <laughs> you carry his name in vain. You say that you're a believer, but you show nothing. The Bible says, bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. Bring forth fruit that's worthy of repentance. The things that you bring forth out of your life, let that be worthy of the fact that you repented. Let's stop apologizing and let's go back to God's plan and repent. Repentance is changing your direction. Are you listening? The Bible says godly sorrow work at repentance. When you really, really see where you are, it'll cause you to want to change. Are you listening? So God has to begin to trust your word. The Bible says this in St. John, and I'm closing chapter 3, verse 33. It said 34, excuse me. He whom God sent <clears throat> spoke the words of God. Wherefore, God gave not the spirit by measure unto him. When God can trust your words and God know you believe his word, he will turn up the power of the spirit in your life and you will see manifestation to your prayers and your words more often. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. You are the one that's in control of what happens in your life. Are you listening? Are you listening? You are in control. What are you going to do with it? My question to you in closing, can your words be trusted? Can your words be trusted? You know, the snake has a forked tongue for a reason, because he speaks out of both of them. He'll say one thing this way, and then when it's convenient, he'll say the other thing. There's no consistency. That's why everything is likened to a forked tongue. We as believers, the Bible says, hey, we should not, James said it, that we shouldn't be speaking sweet water and bitter. Do you have consistency in your words? Does God have to turn them down in order to protect you? Because he knows you don't have consistency. He said, therefore, we bless men. I mean, we bless God and we curse men, which is in the similitude of God. My brethren, can a, can a fountain bring forth sweet water and bitter? No, there should be no dichotomy of productivity in the words you speak with your tongue. There should be a consistency. Let us become consistent in our words and let's watch God do what he has to do in our lives. You want to change your life, change what you believe. If you change what you believe, you will change what you say. And if you change what you say, it will change what you have. Praise God. All right. Well, we thank God. We thank God for you to hear. We thank God for you to have heard the word. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope that God has spoken to your heart and caused you to see yourself in the light of the word and not in the light of your own judgment. And if so, 
The Bible says perhaps he will give you repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that you can recover yourself out of the snare of the enemy who's taken captive by him at his will. Let the word of God change your life. So we thank God for that. Continue to pray for the ministry. Saints of TRC, be faithful. Be faithful. Stop drifting. Stop drifting. Come back to some consistency, a consistent level. You know who you are. Amen. So until we see each other again, if Jesus tarry, whatever we do, however we do it, whenever we do it, and for how long you do it, make sure that your words are activated as you keep it real. <laughs>